You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The cornerback position will be the most crucial spot for this Chicago Bears defense to get back to its dominant form of just a few years ago. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group and make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to see all of our video content as well. On the show today, we continue our Bears training camp previews, turning our attention to the cornerback position. We'll look at Jalen Johnson and his progress now stepping into the CB1 top cornerback position. We'll go through the competition for who's going to start next to him and who's going to start in the slot and maybe some potential carryover between those two battles and how the Bears might juggle that at training camp. Then we'll wrap up more generally with a look at this Bears defense trying to get back to the 2018 Vic Fangio style of defense under new defensive coordinator Sean Desai and why this cornerback group in particular is really going to make or break this defensive bounce back. But let's start with Jalen Johnson because that's who we're so excited about this offseason. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing at Bears training camp. But I think it's important to make sure that the expectations that we're setting for him this season are realistic. He showed us everything we could have wanted him to be as a rookie. Stepping in as a second-round pick, we kind of figured he would be in the starting lineup. And by all means, he showed us all of the reasons why the Bears drafted him so early and prioritized him so much in last year's draft. You couldn't ask for anything more, especially in a year with no offseason, where he, you know, he'd, everything was all COVID protocols, didn't have preseason games in the same way, and you know, training camp was kind of different. There, there was a lot that was going against him, and he overcame a lot of that to be quite productive in his rookie season, ending with that shoulder injury, putting him on injured reserve and missing the last few games in the playoffs. He has said this offseason, no structural damage, and that he is 100% healthy and ready to go for Bears training camp. So stepping into this top cornerback role without Kyle Fuller, obviously some bigger responsibility there, a little more pedigree behind it, and perhaps some matchups that are going to be a little bit tougher. It's not always going to be matching up on the number one receiver every game and following him along the field, no, but depending on where opponents are going to line up, he can be more of that alpha position in this Bears secondary. That's what we're going to see from him, but at the same time, like we can't expect him to take that job and be a Darrell Revis shutdown number one cornerback, right? He's going to be the Bears' top guy, but he doesn't have to be, and we shouldn't expect him to be like this elite playmaker at the position just yet in his career. He's certainly capable of doing special things, but we can't expect that as sort of the baseline of what we think we should see out of him. Certainly man coverage is his strength. You know, being tight in the hip pocket of an opposing receiver is where he's been most effective. He's made a lot of nice pass breakups and kind of 
being very tight and making those contested catches and, and small windows for opposing quarterbacks, specifically in man coverage, because we've seen, you know, zone, especially in terms of spacing and being off of the receiver, sometimes that feel for how much space to give and what exactly his responsibilities are has been a little bit more of a challenge or was more of a challenge last season where we saw him have more struggles as opposed to just in sort of one-on-one man-to-man coverage. For me, some of it can be attributed to just getting up to speed in the NFL and, and getting to know this Bears defense, or I guess that Bears defense, and the responsibilities that it entailed. So, like, for example, sometimes in a zone, you have to know when to pass somebody off and stay in your zone versus when you need to just pick him up because he is your responsibility, even if he goes a little bit outside of your zone. It's some of this idea of pattern matching coverage and knowing when to match and when to follow those guys and when to say, no, you know what, that's someone else's responsibility and I need to be on him here. And sometimes that thinking process of him figuring out, okay, based on the route and based on the coverage, here's what I have to do. There's a delay there. It's, it's just a second or a half a second of a quick thinking instead of being instinctually and reacting. It's sort of like a thinking and then having to sort of gather yourself and then go. And that's enough time and space for really good receivers to create extra separation and make some bigger plays in the intermediate to deep area that occasionally Johnson was a little bit vulnerable in some of those zone coverage matchups. Again, not disappointed, not anything to be overly concerned about, just sort of natural rookie season ebbs and flows. And we certainly saw a lot of positive to go with the occasional mistakes here and there. I think a lot of that will just come with more experience, more time, more reps, more games under his belt, and just perhaps getting a better understanding of the scheme that he's playing in, especially now under the new defensive coordinator, it becomes a slight change, right? I don't think they're going to mix up a, a bunch of you know, naming of certain concepts and those types of things that Chuck Pagano tried to sort of carry over. But Sean Desai, definitely going to do some things differently from a play-calling standpoint and put his own flavor on how this Bears defense is supposed to operate. And so as he sort of gets up to speed with that, there's the potential there for some learning curve and there's some potential there for him to really lock in and master it. And for me, I'm just weary of this idea of a sophomore slump because we see that it seems to me anecdotally, a little more often at cornerback than other spots. You know, for guys that get on the field as a rookie and then come back in year two, opposing quarterbacks and offensive coordinators and just offenses in general, the receivers too, they now have a season worth of tape on Jalen Johnson. For them to look at his tendencies and say, okay, versus these routes, he tends to react in this way. Again, versus these routes, he does it a little bit differently. And find and exploit any potential tendency or weakness or any kind of little thing they can pick up on from his rookie season, they will try and exploit. And so, like, think back to, like, Kyle Fuller's second season, and he had four picks his first year, and it was all big and exciting, and then there was sort of this slump and this decline from there before got back on track, you know, year four into year five and beyond and really became the cornerback that we saw him blossom into in Chicago. I'm hesitant to set my expectations too high for Jalen Johnson, knowing that there's some potential for for offenses to attack him in new ways and challenge him in some of these new ways that can be difficult for young cornerbacks to deal with right in that moment. You know, after the season, you can kind of look back and and fix some of those things, but it can be tough along the way. And so for me, I think from Jalen Johnson, I want to see progress. I want to see cleaning up some of those mistakes that we saw last season, maybe a few fewer penalties, fewer missed tackles, and just overall smarter, better understanding of this defense. But also keeping in mind that 
it's not always going to be steady, linear improvement, right? There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And you just kind of hope by the end that, that that represents progress over the course of the season as a whole. Same thing is true for the other young cornerbacks on this roster, some of who will be right in the mix at training camp for starting roles. We'll start to lay out these upcoming roster competitions at cornerback next on Locked On Bears. Seems like a lot of new parts in and out at cornerback this offseason, and nobody knows more about new parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. It's a much better alternative than going into the chain parts store in your town and talking to the person behind the counter. And they're asking you a thousand questions about what kind of part and questioning whether you even know what you're talking about with your car. Then they punch it in their computer, go look in the back room to see if they even have it. Chances are they're going to have to order it online and either ship it to the store or ship it to you. Why not just cut out the middleman and have rockauto.com ship it directly to your door, no hassle, easy-to-use catalog with so many different parts. You just enter your car's make and model, and boom, it pulls up a full list of everything available for your vehicle, and then you can sort between the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. Don't pay up to twice as much somewhere else for the same parts. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on? in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com When the Bears had some turnover at cornerback this offseason and brought in Desmond Trufant as that early veteran free agent, it sort of felt like he was going to be the presumed starter. It's like, all right, Fuller's out, Trufant's in, that's sort of that. I mean, yeah, there's other guys on the roster, and everyone always has a chance, right? You're not handing him the starting job from the moment he steps on the, the turf at Hallis Hall, but he's got the experience, and he's you know sort of the, the first man in for that free agent replacement process. But then we get through rookie minicamps and mandatory minicamps and OTAs, and all of a sudden, Kindle Vildor is the name that keeps coming up, that starts to emerge, starts to earn some more playing time in that rotation, and all of a sudden he's, I don't want to say the dark horse for the spot, but certainly a guy that we're all keeping a close eye on. I don't think you can totally overlook or sleep on Artie Burns either. You know, he's a really experienced guy compared to some of these other other younger players. Starter for the Steelers for a few years. He was their first-round pick. Came to the Bears last year for training camp, tore his ACL early on, so we never really got to see him compete with, I guess, Jalen Johnson. I don't know that he really had an open shot there in the same way that he does now, where it's anyone's potential bargain. And, I mean, 32 starts in four-ish seasons makes Artie Burns, I think, the Bears' second most experienced cornerback after Desmond Trufant in terms of snaps and games under his belt in his career. It's... It's not necessarily a a deep group or a group rich in experience. That's an important factor that I really want to get into here a little bit later in the podcast. But Vildor is the guy that I think is already earning some of that fan anticipation as the potential off-season training camp preseason hero, right? That the fan base starts to get behind and rooting for and, and want to see him be successful and in the starting lineup. We saw flashes of it last season. 
when Jalen Johnson had that shoulder injury that we talked about earlier, missed, you know, the last, was it three, four games of the season plus the playoffs, it was Kendall Vildor that stepped into that lineup, started the playoff game, and, you know, I wouldn't say he was great, but he wasn't a liability, right? It wasn't, like we've seen in the past when the Bears have had ish, injury issues and rotations at cornerback where somebody goes out there and it's just like, oh, God, the you know, offense, opposing offense is just throwing after him over and over again and trying to really expose that potential weakness there. Kendall Vildor was, again, he wasn't a total liability. There was some progress there, but he was really thrown in the fire, you know, and more or less held his own. I mean, I think there's some real optimism there for year two that he at least got his feet wet this past season. And the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, has spoken very highly of him and said, yes, he showed last year that he belongs, at least belongs in this mix and, and in this competition, but he may also belong in the competition in the slot, in addition to on the outside with Desmond Trufant. He's a little bit on the smaller side, you know, 5'11", you know, a little under that 200-pound mark. He, he seems like he has the skill set to be able to do both, but then inside you're competing with Duke Shelley, another one of these young, I guess, up-and-coming cornerbacks, also an injury fill-in last year when Buster Screen got hurt. Buster Screen wasn't playing particularly well either, and I guess Duke Shelley had some rough moments early on, you know, thrown in for those first couple of games. He was maybe in a little bit too over his head, but it felt like he settled in once he got down the stretch. So, you know, given the slot experience there versus Vildor playing mostly outside last season, Duke Shelley kind of seems like the favorite at this point to start in the slot, but then how do you, how do you prioritize Vildor's time at training camp? Because for a second-year player, it's, it's a lot to ask to have him try and master the responsibilities of an outside cornerback and a slot cornerback. Because even though it's still the same coverage play, those two cornerback spots might be asked to do two very different things and have two very different responsibilities based on what routes the offense is running. So it's, it's two sets of criteria for a young player to have to master and know, okay, when I'm in this spot, I'm responsible for this, and when I'm in that spot, I'm responsible for that. And having to switch back and forth between those things over the course of a practice is not impossible. And we've seen players do it before, but it is a difficult ask, especially then when you sort of account for him being a young player that's still just trying to learn the NFL speed and the NFL game all at the same time. And so do you have him focus on one and not the other? And then if he loses at one, move to the other? But then, you know, if he's been an outside cornerback the whole time and then say Desmond Trufant is well ahead, and it's like, well, he's he's got this pretty much locked in. Then you try and move Vildor back into the slot, and Duke Shelley's already been working there, and Vildor has to sort of try and get back up to speed on, on that responsibility and those roles, and he sort of disadvantages him at that one. So there's not really, like, a magical formula here. You know, I think outside cornerback is always going to be more important, and I would rather have my better player there versus my better player in the slot if I can if I have the true choice, like that's, that's kind of where I would start, but then you can still have Vildor work in at both spots and potentially be depth at both spots. If there happens to be an injury or something, either way, then he has to fill in. Then you could at least kind of have some experience at both under his belt. Cause I think for me, cornerback can kind of be like offensive line where you just, you want to get your best cornerbacks on the field at some spot and, you know, move them around as much as just to get the most talent among the group. In, in those positions. And so I think Desmond Trufant's still going to be the favorite on the outside, given his experience. Duke Shelley, probably still the favorite in the slot. But I think it's important to keep in mind here that money is not a factor 
as far as contracts and how much you're paying these guys. And typically, if you're paying a guy a lot, you want to find a spot for him to get some of your money's worth. But Trufant on a cheap deal, Artie Burns on a cheap deal, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, both day three draft picks on their rookie contracts are making under a million dollars. Financially, there's, there's no incentive here to start one player over another, and this can truly be a bit of an open competition. The real factor here that we keep dancing around is experience snaps in the NFL and what they've seen. The Bears don't have a ton of that at cornerback as, they, as, an, as they're trying to get back to that Vic Fangio scheme. It's going to play a, a pretty important role in here, and we'll try and explain what Sean Desai is working with at cornerback and how that fits into the scheme next on Locked On Bears. This episode of the Locked On Bears podcast brought to you by betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Lots of Bears bets already available for you, even before this team reports to training camp. You can bet on Allen Robinson to lead the NFL in receiving yards. You can bet on Justin Fields as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Great odds right now. He keeps moving down and down the list, which means a greater return on your money if that bet cashes. You can bet on Matt Nagy to be coach of the year. You can bet on Matt Nagy to be the first coach to be fired. Or Bears win total over under 7.5. Bears to make the playoffs. Bears to win the division. Bears to finish second in the division. You can bet on where you think the Bears might just finish this year. Plus bets on basketball, soccer, tennis, baseball, hockey. You name it, they've got it at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. For me, a big part of what made the 2018 Chicago Bears defense overall as a whole so good was the guys on the back end in coverage. That so often they help the pass rush be better just as much as the pass rush helps the coverage be better. When, the, when you can hold up longer on receivers and stay with them and not, leave, not, not allow receivers to get open as early, the pass rush has more time for the quarterback to hold on to the ball, and the longer the quarterback holds on the ball, the more the pass rush can get home and either affect the play or sack him and bring him down and make those sort of big, monumental plays. And so when I think back to that 2018 defense, and that's really the standard that I think we still try and hold this Bears defense to, especially now under Sean Desai as they try and get back to a little bit more of the Fangio scheme and therefore a little more of the Fangio success. What stood out for me was just how well that secondary clicked, how well they operated as one unit. You know, Kyle Fuller, Prince Amukamara, Bryce Callahan in the slot, and then Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson on the back end. They were a cohesive unit firing on all cylinders. And out of that group, you're down to one of them just left. And that, for me, is, is the, one of the most important factors here in getting back to this scheme and that form for this Bears defense. That because coverage matters so much, and especially as the analytics community has worked through this more and more, they will argue that coverage matters more than pass rush. I'm willing to say they're 50-50. How about that? We can, we can compromise in the middle and say that Coverage is just as important as pass rush for defense in stopping the pass. We can have the whole debate argument on another podcast, but 
coverage has not been a priority for Ryan Pace in recent seasons. This year, especially, after moving on from Kyle Fuller, largely for salary cap purposes, I would say entirely for salary cap purposes, it was not because of anything he was doing on the field, the Bears are now spending the second least at the cornerback position of any team in the NFL. The the amount of salary cap allocated this year to the cornerback spot is second to only the Jets for the least amount of money placed there. And if you've ever watched the Jets' secondary play, it is not not a group you necessarily want to be categorized in. And so I think that's a big part of why we've seen this Bears defensive decline since 2018. A lot of the defensive line is still the same. A linebacking core is almost still the same. But it's, it's the cornerback spot in particular that we've seen the most turnover. Yes, safety has had some new names in there, but they have gotten some fairly consistent play from the guys they have replaced Adrian Amos with. But cornerback has been sort of incrementally declining at, at a couple of key spots, and now Kyle Fuller being added on top of that. And so we can blame Chuck Pagano and a scheme change and different coverage calls and some real questionable decisions on that end. You can blame that quite a bit, but you can also only do so much as the talent declines, right? If you don't have guys that are capable of perhaps more complex defensive responsibilities and calls and adjustments that you make on the fly and have to communicate across the back end, if you don't have the talent or the experience there to do that, then you're not going to call it as much and maybe you become a little bit more predictable as a defense. That's not to excuse mistakes that Chuck Pagano had made or just suboptimal decisions that he made as defensive coordinator that frustrated a lot of Bears fans. It, it can be both, right? But it, it's just to say it's it's not as simple as blaming it all on Chuck Pagano or blaming it all on the talent, but there has been very clearly a decline there. Whereas it felt like in 2018, that, that group of five that we talked about, they all really knew their role, right? I mean, Yes, Eddie Jackson was making big plays on the ball, and Kyle Fuller was doing some nice things individually. They were doing some, you know, plays on the ball, yes. But, like, they were also very clear on what their job was and their responsibility. And they know that if if each of them individually does exactly what they're supposed to do, the play will work as a whole because there won't be that vulnerability. It's not always about Fuller bailing on his guy and going and making that pick, right? I mean, you had, what is it, like four and six interceptions from Jackson and Fuller. I mean, they were getting a lot of picks across that season, but that's 10 plays or whatever out of a 1,000 over the course of a season. It's, it's about consistently doing their job. And it felt like they always knew where they needed to be and also where their teammates in coverage were going to be. And so they could keep the perfect amount of spacing. You know, Fuller and Callahan knew, okay, when he's in the slot and he's outside, I know where he's going to be. I know his speed. I know how well he can recover to get to this spot. If there's two receivers and we both have to decide at the same time what we're supposed to do, we both know what the other person is going to do, and they can operate as one, almost one mind working together. And it was that consistency and that deep, rich understanding of the scheme and the defense and what those responsibilities were that kept them so consistent and put them in position to then make those plays on the ball. They could be aggressive, they could be confident, and they could have some of that swagger to say, yes, we are establishing ourselves as a Bears secondary. They'd all been in this defense for at least a full season. There was the same lineup. for They were all there in 2017 and all there again in 2018. They were able to sort of grow with each other and really optimize their roles for their skill set. That Prince of Mukamara could be the physical up-on-the-receiver press cornerback. Kyle Fuller could play that off coverage where he was more comfortable. 
and they could make the whole scheme work around it. Or Adrian Amos could be a little bit more of the box safety, a little bit more of the under, underneath coverage guy. And Jackson could be a little bit more of the two deep and single deep free-ranging safety and make some of those big plays across the field. And so all of that's to say, it's not really fair to expect Jalen Johnson, Desmond Trufant, and Duke Shelley to be able to do some of those same things that Fuller, Amukamara, and Callahan were doing at cornerback. I think you can you can talk about the safety position a little bit separately, but these are all guys that are new to the system. They're A lot of them are new to each other. Some of them are new to the NFL. They're only a couple of years under the belts of Shelley Vildor and, and Jalen Johnson, depending on what sort of lineup combination you're going to get there. Trufant's learning this whole defense brand new off the street. And so opposing offenses are going to test them. They're going to test how well they know the rules of the defense and the adjustments to the coverage. They're going to challenge them in some new ways. Whereas Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukamara had kind of seen it all. Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, and even Jalen Johnson, they haven't really seen it all yet. And so there's a learning curve there, and there's, there's some potential up and down there. And I really think this defense is going to go as far as this cornerback group in particular will take them. I think we know that Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson, we know what they are and what they aren't. And there's a lot of experience there. They can handle a variety of responsibilities. And even if there's not as much dynamic playmaking, there's a certain level of consistency there that we know we can trust. But cornerback spot, there's a lot to still be proved. And if they can prove themselves and really hold it down and emerge as promising young players with a lot to show for it, then this Bears defense can really get back to some of those higher quality performances that we saw in this Fangio-style defense a few years ago. But if those young guys are in a little over their head or being asked to do a little bit too much and make too many mistakes, it doesn't matter, it, or it won't matter as much how good Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and the whole group up front is if the guys on the back end can't quite hold up their bargain. Hopefully, getting Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson back into more of those two deep coverages can help at least get Eddie Jackson closer and closer to the form that we saw before a couple of years ago. We will get much more deep into that safety position as our training camp previews continue tomorrow. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We are so close to the Bears finally reporting to training camp and getting back in action for some real practices. I hope the podcast has helped you get through this offseason. I appreciate everyone who's been listening along, following along, and now watching along on our YouTube channel. It's been great to reach so many Bears fans in so many different ways. And I hope more than anything else, the Locked on Bears podcast has helped you bear down.